1: Featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo. With your host, Patrick Moran.
2: What can the Buffalo Bills do to get over the hump and beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs? We'll talk about that plenty more today. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talk and more. Thank you for watching, following, listening, subscribing, and appreciate you all. Uh, this is our Thursday episode. I am being joined right now by my good friend from Buffalo Rumblings, Anthony Marino. Been a few weeks, man. How you doing? What's up? Yeah, it's been a it's been a long
1: time. Like I, I don't know. Like it feel a little out of sorts, just like you so- coming back from vacation, right? Like you you take a little time off. It's a little tough getting back into the swing of things.
2: Yeah, so we're taping this like we usually do our shows. Uh, We tape them Wednesday morning, and I always like putting that out there because if some nuts goes, you know, goes down in the world of sports, specifically with the Buffalo Bills, we're not really talking about it on this show. That's the reason why. But, uh, yeah, so I got back and I taped a post-game Buffalo Sabres late Tuesday night with my buddy PK from the Buffalo Sports Collective, and I felt it, the rust. It had been eight days, eight and a half days since I've done anything, which is funny because some people, if you watch or listen to the show regularly, during my entire vacation, there was an episode that dropped every day. Yeah. I worked my ass off, dude, to uh, get content out every day. And it was kind of hard because it's not easy to fill a lot of shows when you have stuff that can't, it can't be time sensitive at all because yeah. I recorded stuff, you know, a week or so ahead of time. So anyway, uh, before vacation, I, I, I recorded a bunch of shit. So that part is good. But yeah, just a, l- a little bit of rust, a little bit of a uh, seasonal depression, a little bit of post-vacation depression. You know how it is when you come back from a vacation and you jump right back into to work. In my case, a couple jobs plus this podcast on a daily basis. I'm like, oh, put me back out at sea, dude. <laughs> well, listen, you're, you're back. You kind of hit the ground running,
1: shake off the rust and you're good to go, man.
2: I can't remember if I asked you this. Yeah, we're again. We're not going to waste a lot of time. We got a, a lot to talk about today. Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs. I I think that's an important topic to hit on. But uh, I can't remember if I even asked you if, if you've been on a cruise before. So I've been on one, and it was uh, very early in my
1: professional career. I actually worked in the travel industry for one year out of uh, out of school, like for a travel agency as their director of marketing. So I went on a cruise. Um, is part of like a training class, you know, we'd go to like five hours of class during the day on the mm. ship. And then you'd be experiencing what the ship had to offer the rest of the time. So I have, I mean, I was like 22 years old and you know, I was by myself and kind of going through that piece. So as far as like what the true experiences like that you had or anyone else. So I say that with like a gigantic asterisk next to
2: it. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I'm going to talk more about the cruise. I, I got a show Friday that I'm doing a Fan Friday interactive thing. You know, kind of do a little bit of review the all the things I liked and didn't like about it. I don't want to get into that today, but I will say the one thing I can promise you, I will never, ever, ever, ever do again, is go on a cruise the week of a Super Bowl because obviously I had to watch the Super Bowl on the ship, and it was just really weird, man. You know, maybe it's just because. I'm so locked into the bills and I I watch them so intensely and whether it's at home, which is, it is most of the time with with my family or I go out and hang out with friends. I'm just locked into the game man. nothing else matters to me when football is going on other than football. And in this case, and this is a super bowl This is the biggest game of the year, man. This is for all the marbles. It just, you could feel that people didn't really give a shit much. Maybe it's because their team weren't in it, but you know, they're, They're there for the cruise. They're not there for the Super Bowl. All I think about is the Super Bowl. I remember walking into an atrium and there's people literally not even watching the game. They're listening to classical music. There's a pianist playing on one of the floors. It just was, it was really weird to me. And people wore their like team colors their their jerseys or hats, whatever it may be, which was a little bit depressing for me on Super Bowl Sunday too, because I had a lot of people because I wore, a Bills hat and a Bills Polo shirt on Super Bowl Sunday. A lot of people coming up to me, man. People obviously I don't even know saying, Hey, eh, I feel bad for you guys. I was really pulling for you guys. You guys should have had it. I was like, Ugh. it, it kind of depressed. <laughs> it depressed me a little bit, man. Anyway, I'm never gonna watch a, a Super Bowl on a on a cruise again, as long as I live. I can promise you that much. What did you think of the Super Bowl? Actually, the game itself, the whole you know, the halftime show, the whole The whole experience kind of a a few weeks removed from having your heart broken like it happens to us annually with the Bills losing uh, to the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I went into this Super Bowl and I was the guy that was uh, I was there for the movie trailers and the Usher halftime show. Yeah, so I got the Deadpool trailer, which uh, I had been waiting for right with kind of bated breath. I mean, I'm a Marvel guy, so I think that is one that you know you've been waiting for and that was the one trailer that i truly had had my eyes set on i thought the halftime show was great and honestly i thought the game sucked i yeah. thought it was just like you know the the offense is struggling and then of course like you know the chiefs get a, a lucky break where the the punt goes off the guy's foot and they you know score a touchdown there and then as I said to a buddy of mine, like, you know, I've seen this movie before, like in Mahomes drives the team down, they scored the touchdown to win the game. Like not a surprise, right? Like it's, we've, we've seen that even though you looked horrible for most of the game, the offense looking horrible for most of the game deliver when you needed to. And it's just like, okay, honestly, I was just annoyed that it went to overtime because I was ready to go to bed. <laughs> that you, was, know- you know, it's kind of like that weird, just, feeling with it of the the super bowl it's like hey if the lions were there i probably would have had a much different feeling right of kind of pulling for them and and really wanting to see them win the game but for me it was just like you know we had some family over like it was a good time all that type of piece but the game itself yeah was it was kind of a nothing for me
2: thank you for saying that because i'll tell you what i mean There's a lot of people who say it was, you know, a game for the ages because it went to the last second of overtime, literally for it to be decided. Was it a close game? Absolutely. Was there plenty of drama at the end? Absolutely. But was it a good game? I don't think so. I didn't think it was a memorable game. I didn't think it was a fun game. I don't think it was an entertaining game. It was just two teams that kind of seemed to be shooting themselves in the foot a little bit on offense. It wasn't all that exciting. And there were a lot of people, both here on land in Buffalo, people that I talked to on the cruise when they knew I was a Bills fan that just automatically assumed I was rooting for the 49ers because you should hate the Chiefs. You're a Bills fan, you hate the Chiefs. Honestly, though, Anthony, that wasn't the case. I literally had no real rooting interest in it. I didn't care. If the Chiefs lost, it's not going to make me feel better about what happened a couple weeks before that, you know? Now,
1: and I don't know, you know, we are, we are to this point now, you know, you think before the drought where it's like, gosh, you just want to get to the playoffs. Now you're, you know, you're on the doorstep and I I feel comfortable saying that because it's just like, you lose these close games to the chiefs in the playoffs. So it's like, you know, you're there, you know, that it can be you. It's like, I don't, I don't get upset about it anymore. Right. It's like, you are just a bit disappointed, but now it's like, all right, I'm, I said on my show this week, like, I am just ready to get into offseason mode. Like, let's start looking at the free agent contracts. Let's start talking about who the team might have back, how they can clear up the, the cap space, how they can do all of these things. Like, I just needed that game to get over on Sunday so you can just start looking forward. That was, I, that was for me. And I don't know if it's just like, gosh, all these years, if I'm just resigned to it. I mean, you know, we see on social media after the Bills lose to the Chiefs, like, some people like very passionate, like freaking out, like really, really, really upset. And it's just like, I'm not at that point anymore. Um, I don't know. I don't know if like 13 seconds just broke me and kind of like that. Okay. Hey, it's, it's a game. Like you move on from it. I'm disappointed, but you know, I'm on to next year, but that's kind of where I'm at. Like, okay, the, the Super Bowl window is still open for the bills and I'm probably getting ahead of myself right here. But like, I'm
2: good. Like, let's, let's go. I am not there yet. I'm almost there. Maybe I will be after this conversation today and I could get completely on to next season and kind of just mentally wipe the, uh, the, the, the slate clean. Hopefully I'll be able to do that soon. Maybe even after, like I said, this conversation, I'll tell you this. though. during the game. So I said, I had no rooting interest and I, I didn't care about the game itself. And I didn't, I mean, I watched it obviously. And it was just kind of, it was, you know, it was a little bit weird too. I will say watching the fourth quarter when it was close and coming down to the last drive, it was a different feeling being into a game and and not really caring if who won it. You know what I mean? It's just like, I want to see something memorable, see a good player, whatever. That was my mindset during the game. But I will admit this after the game was over, I did get a little annoyed and depressed when I saw Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey and a lot of the Chiefs players celebrating on the field, the trophy presentation. At that point, I think I did get a little bit of annoyed because I started thinking in my mind, I'm like, this Chiefs team was not that good, especially on offense. I mean, their defense was really, really good. They're Super Bowl champions because of their defense, not because of their offense. I mean, they made the plays when they had to, but man, they just, this was probably the worst Chiefs team of any of them and they still win the Super Bowl. It That that part annoys me and kind of makes me a, l- a little bit pissed off to your point. You said 21 seconds might've broke you. I think maybe this season might've actually broke me. And let me explain that for a second. 21 seconds will always be the most second, most devastating loss I'll ever see for, for the Buffalo bills. Obviously the, the missed field goal being the first, but, um. I was okay with that. I was like, all right, here's the start of something big. Then last year, two years ago, 13-3, and but all the injuries, DeMar, the weather, and they get smacked at home against the Bengals. Then this year, they're playing a Chiefs team. They finally get them at home. Josh Allen plays well enough to win for sure, and they still find a way to lose to the Chiefs. And I'm like, if you can't get over them now, when are you going to? And you're a basketball guy. I've used this comparison often recently. I'm afraid the Buffalo Bills are the 1990 New York Knicks, where they are really good year after year after year. But they just run into the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan in the playoffs. Four straight years, the Knicks lost to the Bulls during that run. I'm a Knicks fan, so I remember that. Kind of get that feeling that's worrisome about where the Bills might be right now. Yeah, here here's the thing where I have
1: the the one problem I have with that analogy, and I made the the analogy with Michael Jordan against the Pistons beforehand. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about a seven game series versus a one game, you know, winner losers eliminated type of situation, sure. it becomes a little bit different, right? Because even with that, is you know the Knicks, it could be like, hey, you can get the you can get the Bulls on one night, but are you going to get them four out of seven? Sure. Probably not the thing that and again i i don't even feel that like i'm broken with it because it's just it's not this where the bills always lose to the chiefs the way it was with the patriots for all those years right i mean what you played brady 34 times and you won 3 of those games i mean that is about as lopsided as you That's can crazy come. man with this as you look at it and and again yeah the regular season is not what's important but you've won the last three times you've played them in the regular season. Like you can clearly beat this team. 13 seconds took place. You clearly should have won that game. The game this season in the playoffs, like you could have won that game. At minimum, you could have tied it. And who knows what happens after that, right? If you get a stop, if you go to overtime, any of those things. So my point is, it's easier at least for me to get over because you're on par with it. I can see it happening. It's not that you're so far away from it that it just feels like, gosh, this is never going to end. Tom Brady's never going to retire, nor is Bill Belichick, and the Bills are never going to get a quarterback. They've got the quarterback. I fully believe that. I would not trade Josh Allen for any other quarterback in the league. And I know Bengals fans would say the same thing about their guy, and Chiefs fans would say the same thing in Ravens, and that's the way it should be, right? You should feel that sense, and I'm cool with that. so I don't know if it's just like, Hey, I'm on the doorstep and I'm okay with that. And I'm accepting that reality. Or if it is like, Hey, I'm, I'm broken. And it's that part of just a, you know, not to say like you're in an abusive relationship, but it makes me (laughs) think of, uh, what was the name of that? The Jimmy Fallon movie where he was the fan of the Red Sox.
2: Oh, fever. Not a great movie. Right.
1: But like with Drew Barrymore, And uh, the kid in the dugout says to him, he's like, Coach, you know, you love the Red Sox so much, but did they ever, like, love you back or something like that? A horrible paraphrasing here. But, you know, that type of scenario where it's just like, you know, as fans, we put so much more emotional energy into it. Um, And that's okay. But it, like, it's okay to to just be, like, chill with where things are.
2: I want to give you... And everybody who's watching or or listening, my opinion right now, why the Bills can't get over the hump when it comes to beating the Chiefs in the playoffs, not the regular season, because you're 100% right. The Bills have beaten Kansas City the regular season three straight years now. Um, And there's a lot of reasons people will, will spew out, and I don't really agree with most of them. You hear some people who just say, well, they got Pat Mahomes and you don't. I think that's ridiculous. You kind of just sit on this and I think you're 100% right. Look, you cannot play better than Josh Allen played in 2021 against the Chiefs in the playoffs. You just can't do it. He left the field with the lead like, what, twice within the last two minutes, including once with 13 seconds. Fast forward to this year. Was he perfect? No, but Josh Allen played really good against the Chiefs in the playoffs just a handful of weeks ago. And played well enough that he deserved to win. Josh Allen is certainly not the problem against the Kansas City Chiefs. The only game in the playoffs where I could look at Josh Allen and say, this dude stunk. That would have been the elimination loss against the Bengals two years ago. But we're talking Bill's Chiefs here. Josh Allen has played really well. Injuries are definitely a factor. Not going to lie and say they're not. You know, Terrell Bernard being out. I I still feel in my heart, and this is not a homer take. I truly believe this. I think if Terrell Bernard plays, I think the Bills beat the Chiefs. I think the drop-off from Terrell Bernard to A.J. Klein was monumental. But I hate using excuses because, you know, the Chiefs were banged up too, man. They they were losing a run-stuffing defensive tackle, which hurt them in that game. The Bills ran the ball effectively. Mike Edwards, their safety, got hurt on the second snap of the game. They had injuries of their own, so both teams were injured. It's just you can go back and forth. Some of it's just bad luck, you know? Just bad luck. Go well, ahead. And I think,
1: you know, and, and again, I, I hear you because it, it does sound like, you know, you never want to make excuses. Sometimes they are reasons. But as you said, they have injuries, too. And that part happens. It just it just takes place. Like, yeah, I mean, it's I, 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 <laughs> it's it, it is, it, it's is it is tough because, like you say, you're you're there. Right. You know, and you think about it to your point earlier, you talked about, um, you know, it not being a great Chiefs team. But you know what? You don't have to be great. You just have to be better than the team you're playing that day. I mean, and it was certainly a convincing win over Miami. It was a convincing win over the Ravens. It's like, yeah, you you squeak by and get the victory over the Bills and you squeak by and get the victory over the 49ers. You just have to you know, yeah, you're not the team where he was throwing 55 touchdowns during the regular season and they're obliterating people and putting up 40 a night. You know, you, you evolve, you do some things differently. And to their credit, they did. And I do hope as we get to this off season, you know, you think back to when the Bills signed Von Miller and it was like, oh, you gotta, it's all about the pass rush to beat Kansas City. And whether, you know, the coaches or the GM were saying that or us as fans, like, this is kind of going back and I know some people hate this phrase, like you got to go back to trust the process here. Right. And it's just like, continue to build, continue to take the right steps, continue to do what you need to, because, you know, it's like not one signing isn't going to be like, Oh, this is going to swing the difference for, for the bills to beat the chiefs at this point. There's too many other things that happen with, you know, lucky bounces or unlucky bounces or injuries or things like that, that come about. Like, it's just, Build the best team that you can, and play to that, and and you're going to be okay.
2: About a year or so ago, I had Tyler Dunn on the show, and this is way before you know the Sean McDermott, quote unquote, hit piece and all the fallout from that. I'm talking about about a solid year ago, roughly around this time, shortly after the Bills season ended, a handful of weeks after, I had him at a show at Imperial Pizza, and I remember, and this resonated with me when he talked about. People, whether it's fans, whether it's content creators, mainstream media, whatever it may be, that the problem that he's had with the Bills or that he sees with the Bills, I should say, compared to other organizations like, say, maybe Green Bay, Dallas, San Francisco, etc., cetera, is we put too much stock into what the Bills do in the regular season. And we judge them by that too much and not enough as to what they do and how they perform in the playoffs. And I've always thought about that since that conversation I've had with Tyler, which kind of leads me to what my point is that I think the biggest thing right now, that's preventing the bills from getting over that hump in the playoffs and being able to, to get rid of Kansas city, because you can make an argument if they beat the chiefs in the playoffs, the bills might've been in at least two Super Bowls at this point, if they beat the chiefs in a divisional round, because I think they win in the AFC championship, both those years. But anyway, that's either you know here or there. But my point is this: the biggest thing for me. Let's take Mahomes and let's take Josh Allen and let's call them a wash because I agree with you. I ain't trading for anybody for Josh Allen and I ain't trading for anyone if I'm Pat Mahomes if I'm the Chiefs either. I I think we agree on that. Let's take them out of the equation. Then you go to the star players. You know who are the best players on the Chiefs, not counting Mahomes. And I think everybody would conclude you're talking Travis Kelsey, you're talking Chris Jones, and then you go to the Bills. Let's take Josh Allen out. And I think most people would agree that two of, if not the biggest star players on the Buffalo Bills are Stefan Diggs and Ed Oliver. That's my opinion anyway. I think those are the two biggest stars that aren't the quarterback. The Kansas City Chiefs star players perform their best when the stakes are the highest. When it's the playoffs, when it's the biggest moments, the biggest games, they come up with the biggest plays. Um, again, specifically Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, uh, you, you look at Chris Jones, that pressure he got on Dion Dawkins, forced Josh Allen to not be able to step into the pocket and get everything on that throw to Khalil's care would have been a touchdown. Chris Jones hits rock Purdy in overtime when Juwan Jennings was going to be wide open in the end zone, but Purdy had to get rid of the ball because He was getting sacked in overtime, held them to a field goal. The chiefs get a chance to win. They do Travis Kelsey Didn't do shit the last part of the regular season. I remember people talking about him being old and washed up. And is he going to retire? Didn't have a touchdown for six games to end the regular season. Gets in the playoffs, plays well against Miami. 75 yards, two touchdowns against the Bills. 11 catches, a buck 16 and a touchdown against the Ravens. A monster, 93 yards, I think, receiving in the Super Bowl. A huge third and seven catch. Near the end of the fourth quarter, to make it an easy field goal to send it to overtime instead of a 51 yarder. My point is if these guys step up in the playoffs in the biggest moments and the Bills start players, sorry, but they look good in the regular season, especially like Ed Oliver who's consistently good all year. And then he faced they face plan in the playoffs. You could who played well on the Bills against the Chiefs I, besides Josh Allen, if you really think about it, that's supposed to be a start player. Shakir was great, Kincaid was great. Your stars you know what i'm saying that's kind of like no
1: and and listen i i I do hear what you're saying right like there is something where it's um you know people will call it being clutch stepping up in those big moments certain things that take place it is um it's difficult to argue the case that you're making right now right looking at the disappointment of that loss against the chiefs and it does come back to just it's like you know we say all the time it's like gosh it's a It is a game of inches. Like it sounds, it sounds crazy. I mean, you take, you know, two plays that are there—the bomb to digs and the, uh, you know, the Chris Jones pressure where you know Allen can't step into it. It's like two very little things that. And again, if you're a Chiefs fan listening, like I don't know if any Chiefs fan would listen to the show, but you know, you could you could be saying like, "Well, this could have happened," or that, "Absolutely." Like it's it's you know, but there's just an effect with those things where one little thing goes your way. And it completely changes it. And listen, I I will say that like credit to Travis Kelsey, right? Like you heard those conversations. Anyone that plays fantasy football was just like, gosh, you, you know, you drafted this guy in the first round as your tight end one. He's, he's not delivering at this point. Like there was a lot of questions with that, but it does just go to like, here's a team that has been there before. They know what it takes. They've had that experience until the Buffalo bills have that happen. Right. Like you you get that experience of just like, hey, we can close this out. We can make the big plays
2: at that moment. Th- then you're kind of on this side of the fence where we are right now. I feel like Josh Allen has to play MVP caliber football for the Bills to win in a playoff game. That's just the way I feel right now. These guys that I'm talking about with the Chiefs, they're bailing Pat Mahomes out. You know, Travis Kelsey, a couple catches, a couple run yak yards after catch, bails Mahomes out. Chris Jones, that defense, that Super Bowl, they bailed Mahomes out for a big chunk of the game, man. I mean, again, it's the 49ers defensive line, in the, especially in the first half, first two and a half quarters, they were killing Kansas City's offense, but their defense keeps them in the game. Star players are stepping up and, and making big plays, and then you go to the Bills, and and again, nobody was higher this season or more complimentary on Ed Oliver than I was because, I remember last year he face planted against the Bengals and I had a really shitty off season of being maybe irrationally hard on the guy. Then he comes out this season and he plays great. You know, he was borderline. He should have been a pro bowler. you even, he could have even been in an all pro conversation, man. And he was consistently good. Whereas in the past, I thought he was streaky this season. I thought he was consistently good, but then he gets into the playoffs and he literally disappears against the chiefs i mean he did nothing and stefan Diggs. i know he struggled down the back half of the season as well so it wasn't like this just you know the the engine turned off when the playoffs started but come on man you're 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 the top guy three catches for 21 yards 63 yards receiving combined in three elimination losses for stefan Diggs. he's averaging 21 yards per loss so, I mean, these are your star players, dude. and they're and they're face planning in the playoffs. I'm sorry. I know that sounds harsh, but it's the reality. I,
1: I mean, it does sound harsh, right? And it to an extent, it it I'll say that it is, right? I mean, I even think back to the 13 seconds game. Okay, the attention that the Chiefs pay to Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis can't do what he does in that game without them. Triple teaming Stefan Diggs at times. That's fair. Stefan Diggs making one of the most incredible catches in the end zone on a two-point conversion during that game. Sure. Like, so I can look at a stat line and I can also look at it and just be like, okay, without that, there is no 13 seconds or that piece comes about. I think more what I struggle with lately, and, and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, right? But it's just that weird feeling of like, again, you, you look back to this game. I mean, there was five fumbles in the game on Sunday, the chiefs recovered four of them. Right. I mean, to an extent, there is a level of luck that, that comes with that. Right. One of those others like shifts and that makes a big, big difference in the game. You know, it comes back to just the, the, the ball hitting the foot on the punt. Like, you know, recovering the ball at the 13 yard line, like things like that doesn't, you know, if that doesn't happen, this isn't a conversation. The 49ers win the Super Bowl. Like it's there, we're not looking back at this and saying, God, Ed Oliver this or Stefan Diggs that, like these pieces. I like, I struggle with it. And I think it's easier sometimes too to focus on like, well, what Ed Oliver didn't do because nobody stepped up in that game. Greg Rousseau didn't, Daquan Jones didn't, AJ Epinesa didn't, like, it was, it was just kind of this, like, you know, so yeah, we can focus on him, because he didn't do anything, nobody did anything, and that's the part that makes it, makes it tougher, and what that was, so again, you're not wrong, again, maybe I've just already moved on, and as you said, like, you're not there yet, and I, I totally get that, but it just, uh, I got to move on, because if I keep looking back at it, it gets depressing.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: I'm back with Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumbly. He's kind of having a discussion, not a very fun one either about why the Buffalo Bills cannot get over the hub to, to dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. And you know, the things about these types of discussions and debates is they're really, I mean, they're opinions, there is no right or there's no wrong. I, I think we could both be right. In fact, I think in a lot of cases we both are right. And it's not that we're steadfastly uh, disagreeing on things, you know, in terms of philosophy, I think the bigger thing is you have mentally completely moved on in the off season mode and I'm not there yet. And I got to get there, man. I think it might be easier, but yeah, you said something before the break and you're right. Look, I don't want to make this sound like I think the bill's lost because of Ed Oliver and Stefan Diggs is more than just that. It is definitely more than that. But again, Stefan Diggs makes that catch. If Ed Oliver makes a play in, on one third down, did it, you know, the Chiefs didn't even have a lot of third downs in that game. It just seems like they were moving the ball at will. But if Ed Oliver gets a, you know, if he deflects a ball, if he makes a big play at some point, maybe the Bills win that game. But you're right, it is more than that. There are other, not maybe star players, but good players on the Bills that didn't do shit in that game either. And you mentioned a few of them, Daquan and uh, and Greg Rizzo, Micah Hyde, a guy I thought was really going to, finally make a big play a uh, Jordan Poirier actually did make a play so I, I can't include him on that list Russell Douglas was a star player but he was hurt um yeah it's just it's tough and I just I don't know man it just there's a lot of players on the Buffalo Bills that play better in the regular season than they do in the playoffs I kind of get I think that's what I'm stuck on right now
1: yeah and and listen I mean that's gonna happen I mean because think about it the regular season you've got 17 games right and Very seldom will it be, hey, this guy was consistent one through 17. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way, but it's easier to remember, you know, all the sum, the sum of all the parts, I guess, coming together. You know, now you take it and you go through with things and it's just like this one just sticks out. And again, it's just one thing doesn't go your way, and it really changes what I don't even want to say with the narrative because that makes it sound like it's you know made up, but it's just like gosh, just in a game that's that close, there's always just going to be like you're one play away from shifting what the outcome is. And that didn't happen for the Bills in that in that game.
2: I'll tell you one thing I am encouraged about. like There's a lot of things from that divisional loss that discourage me, and I voiced a lot of them. And maybe a lot of people don't agree with this, but I actually didn't have any problem with Sean McDermott in this game. I, I thought he coached. I thought he did a good job. I like that he was aggressive. Um, I, I mean, did he make a couple of mistakes? Sure. And you know what? Players make coaches look good or bad too sometimes. Mm-hmm. Execute the play and it matters. But at 21 seconds, even since he lost where they just looked you know, like zombies and never came out, it looked like they were dead in the water before the first snap of the game. I just, I don't, I can't put this on Sean McDermott. I don't put this season on Sean McDermott either. No, I mean, listen, it was,
1: um, you know, not to get back to all of this stuff, right? You mentioned Tyler Dunn beforehand, and uh, there was a great podcast. uh, Eric Wood had Kyle Williams on his podcast, and he was talking about Sean McDermott and what he thought. And I thought Kyle had a great answer with this, and he said, regardless of, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but like regardless of anything that took place, the way the team responded after that article came out to run the table, Right to, to make the difference, to get to the playoffs, to play the way that they had, that shows you what they think of their coach. And, and I think, you know, so there was that component of it, of like the team buy-in and what was taking place. And then with that, like, yeah, sure, like the fake punt didn't work. I didn't love that call. I'm not going to love every call. Like right. there's never going to be a game that I'm going to watch and think that the coaching staff did everything that they were supposed to do right in every scenario. It, it's it's just not going to work that way, and it's like I do feel like as fans you have to accept that you can't like get so angry over things that the coach does, and I feel like right now there are some folks out there that are just they don't think that Sean McDermott is the guy to get the Bills over the hump, just like they're talking about Kyle Shanahan right now, and it's like listen for where these guys are in their coaching career and saying well they'll never be able to you know Andy Reid's in the way like. Look at Andy Reid's career early on in the success versus lack of success in big games that he had to where he is now. Like it does take some time. And I'm not saying I want like 20 years of patience. No, that's not it. But just like people are so ready to close the book on it because they feel like they need something new where it's just like to me, you are on the doorstep. It's not about needing something new. It's just about taking that next step.
2: Uh, quick little detour because you you brought up you said Shanahan and then reminded me of something to ask you. Overtime they win the toss and they elect to take the ball first with the new rule that you know the other team's going to get a chance to match no matter what. There's certainly a case to be made for both sides, and Shanahan explained his. Do you think that was the right or wrong call? Like, if you're a 49ers fan and it gets to overtime, you win the toss. And the guy says, We'll take the ball. What would your reaction be?
1: Yeah, it, gosh, I mean, it's easy to say I would have, I would have gone on defense first because it didn't work out for them. You know, and again, part of it, it's like Andy Reid was calling a pretty conservative game for the Chiefs, right? The different analytics metrics out there, like there were four times they said that he punted during that game where the Chiefs should have gone for it on fourth down, but they did not in different scenarios and all this and that. So, you know, part of you thinking with this, like, okay, you're playing the Chiefs, you know, if they go down and get a field goal first, like, then you know what you're what you're up against, you know what you have to do. But I, I also don't think I can fault a coach, especially for someone like Kyle Shanahan that is an offensive-minded coach that, like, yeah, give us the ball. Like, we're going to go down and score, and we're going to put them on their heels for – for what they need to do, of course, that didn't work out, or any of those pieces, so it's it's easy to say with hindsight, but um some of it might just depend on like was your defense just on the field, right so let's say if our defense was on the field for a and seven then, minute and five, there's one, and there's one. Right? you know, so from that scenario, it might be like these guys need a break, like they just came down, they kicked the field goal, you know, how does that tie in versus I don't know, man. God, it, there, There's no right answer to this. And that is the part that makes the rule change, I think, fun as opposed to what it was before. Like, of course, you're going to take the ball. Like, that's just easy. There's nothing that comes out of it. Now you actually have some strategy that goes into play and a lot of different factors that I don't think it makes it a no-brainer one way or another.
2: For some people who might be watching or listening and they're wondering, well, what's even the decision? Kyle Shanahan explain that the reason why he wanted the ball first was if they scored and Kansas City matched them, it then becomes sudden death. And he wanted San Francisco to have the third possession. I certainly think that's a plausible thing, but here's where I would completely disagree with that. Let's say you win the ball and you defer or or kick off, I should say. And let's just say Kansas City comes down and they score a touchdown, which was Shanahan's goal. He's saying, you know, it gets to a third possession. It's, you know, it goes to sudden death at that point. But let's say Kansas City gets the ball and they score a touchdown first. They're up seven. Now Frisco gets the ball back and you're Shanahan. You go down, you score. It becomes sudden death. But here's the thing it doesn't have to become sudden death. If you're faced with two choices right now, either A, you tie the game and now it's sudden death and you kick off to Pat Mahomes where they need a field goal to win the game with Pat Mahomes on the other sideline or you score a touchdown and you put the season on the line with a two-point conversion. You go because for the win. Do you, you go for the win. That's what I'm saying. What do 100%. you like better? Do you like you better? Your chances of being able to get three yards on one play and win a game, a Super Bowl, or do you like your defense's chances of being able to hold Pat Mahomes w- without a field goal and forcing them to punt? I would think you go for the win right there. So that's why I disagreed with what Shanahan said, not that he was unreasonable, but if it's me, I'm kicking off. And if they score a touchdown, I'm I'm matching them and I'm going for the win right there. It's not going to get to a third possession one way or the other. My season is literally going to come down to one two and a half yard uh two point conversion attempt.
1: Yeah. No, I, I don't I don't disagree with you at all. Like it, but again, there's so many factors that go into it. That's the part that makes sure. this it's fun uh, so intriguing compared to everything else.
2: Yeah, and you know, we've been talking today about star players not playing like stars for the Bills and the Kansas City Stars stepping up. And we're talking about Mahomes or Josh Allen, talking about coaching. Sometimes it's easy to overthink things and just conclude, although it sucks and although it sounds really convenient and you can almost sound like an apologist by saying this, but it is true in the case of the Buffalo Bills. Two straight years now, they have just had horrible injury luck. That is a factor, dude. I mean, again, Matt Milano doesn't get hurt. This defense is completely different for a lot of the season. Daquan Jones missed a big chunk of the season. He was playing in an all-pro level before he got hurt. He came back and he was okay, but he wasn't what he was the first month of the season. And I'm sure that's because, you know, he still probably wasn't a hundred percent, man. Trey White tearing his Achilles. Uh, So those are big bangers. And then, like I said, you just get unlucky. You beat the Steelers. But you lose Christian Benford, you lose Terrell Bernard. Those are great players. Gabe Davis could have helped you. He was hurt. He didn't play. Taylor Rapp. He kind of sealed the game for the Bills in the in the finale at Miami. He's hurt. He gets hurt on that play. Actually, that interception. He doesn't play again. The other team has injuries too. But it just seems like the Bills have been really snake bitten with injuries, not just this year, but last year as well. And you have to be able to to conclude that that's a reasonable factor.
1: Well, it's, and listen, it's a reasonable factor. And I think part of it where I'm excited for the off season though, and, and listen, you did a great job last week on the the shows where you had the one, you know, kind of the doom and gloom and then more of the optimistic piece. And um, even though the bills are whatever, $45 million over the cap, you know, you know, there's a way that they can get under there, but you don't look at this and say, gosh, they need to make these big moves in free agency because you have these guys with the arrow pointing up, right? You talk about Terrell Bernard a hit, right? As a third round pick. Christian Benford is a sixth round pick, a hit. James Cook playing at a pro bowl level, all pro type of level. Awesome. Dalton Kincaid, can't wait to see what he does in year two. Khalil Shafir going into year three. Awesome. So, you know, you have this base of young guys that are under contract on rookie deals, able to show and kind of flash a bit here that you can say, and yes, while there's some guys that you're losing And you can say, you know, probably going to lose Leonard Floyd and Gabriel Davis. And, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting if A.J. Epinesa or Daquan Jones comes back. I tend to think that they'll bring one of them back. But it's just like, okay, for what the team has and what they can do, like, gosh, you have those young guys that are ascending. That's okay. And that gives enough reasons, at least for me, to be optimistic of just like, gosh, you combine that with, you know, Dawson Knox and Stefan Diggs and, you know, like all right, I can I can see I can see where this is where this is going and uh and feel that sense of confidence right now.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think those players stepping up, those players being draft hits, being under rookie contracts, it's things like that. Plus, of course, an all-world quarterback playing at the level that only a handful of players in the NFL can play at. That's continuously gonna keep you in the hunt. That's going to keep the window open. That's gonna get you into the playoffs year after year and facing the Bengals or the Kansas City Chiefs. But still, at the end of the day, I need Ed Oliver. I need Stephon Diggs. I need Daquan Jones if he's back and healthy. I need the stars of the Buffalo Bills to play their best football when it matters most. And sorry, I hate saying the word faceplant because it makes it sound like the guys suck. They don't suck. But faceplanting in the playoffs is just something with these star players that it needs to stop. These guys need to find a way to to step up and be able to make plays. when it matters most before we get out of here, because we're going to get out of here in a couple of minutes. Um, I guess what, we, well, we are in off season mode now, officially the Super Bowl is over. Uh, there's not really much more I can say about this past season. You know how I feel about the bills right now and just not being able to beat the chiefs. I kind of made that clear here today, but, uh, this is going to be an interesting off season for the Buffalo bills. It's going to be different than anything we've seen over the last three or four years, because money hasn't been. I'm not going to say it hasn't been an issue, but it hasn't stopped Brandon Bean from going out and doing a lot of stuff, whether it's big tickets like Vaughn Miller, whether it's trading for Stephon Diggs, knowing that ultimately you're going to give him a big contract, whether it's going out and signing a shitload of one-year veteran deals like the Bills did last year. And I mean, a lot of veteran one-year free agent deals, not really going to have that luxury this year. There's going to be some tough decisions that they have to make. You mentioned Daquan Jones and A.J. Epinesa. We both agree. Gabe Davis is as good as gone. And I'm not saying I'm happy about that. But it's just the reality. He's going to get paid. And it's not going to be for Buffalo. Daquan, A.J. Epinesa. You, you can resign one of them. Who are you resigning? Yeah. And I talked about it on my show last week. It is A.J. Epinesa. Yeah. Um,
1: for his age and for where he is, I still feel like he is ascending. You look at his production playing about 35% of the snaps. I think if you were going to bring him in and bump that up to 55%, 60%, you can have him and Rousseau is really that primary tandem for you. Uh, and the arrow is still pointing up. I love Dequan Jones. I think he's fantastic. Um, I do not want to see him leave Buffalo. But if I had to pick one of the two, I would go with A.J. Epinesa.
2: That's fair. Uh, you don't mention Vaughn Miller. What's up? I'm a Vaughn no, guy. I mean, I, I, he looked good. At, by the way, he – All these star players who didn't step up, Von Miller actually played probably the best of all the Bills star players against the Chiefs. I'm just saying.
1: Here's what I would say with Von Miller. And this was similar to when Tredavious White came back. Like he came back too soon. And I wish somebody would have noticed that and like either just kept him as inactive or whatever it was. But he came back too soon. Do I expect him to be the player that he was prior to the injury for the first half of the 2022 season where he was? the game record that the bills needed. No, I do not. But it's like, if he can be somewhere in between the two, almost think of like the Epinesa role, right? Like you're playing 35% of snaps. Maybe you're getting like seven or eight sacks on the season, doing the things that you do best. I know that is not worth $23 million or whatever his cap hit is next year, but just to be a productive pass rushing specialist, I would be fine with that. And that would be helpful alongside Gregory Rousseau, and and again, if it's Epinesa coming back and playing like 60% of the snaps. You
2: know, it's, it, it's not funny. Bills fans hate when Brandon Bean dumps a lot of money and big draft resources in the defensive line. So brace yourself, folks, because it's happening this year. There's not the a difference. lot of guys under contract.
1: Here's the thing that I think will be different this year, and it really sets it up for the 2025 draft. You know, I have never been a fan of the compensatory pick setup with things, right? In years past, where people would be like, "Well, you shouldn't do this stuff because of comp picks," and like that was during the the drought era, right? So it was just like, "Listen, you have to get good now. Like, you can't." wait this year the bills like their hands are tied so it is going to come it's like okay let's say you sign back epinesa or daquan jones like you get one of the two mm-hmm. but then it's like you're going to lose gabriel davis to a big contract yep. probably leonard floyd and at least a mid contract whether it's epinesa or daquan jones that leaves you're going to get three comp picks maybe a third a fourth and a fifth for losing those guys. And that doesn't help you immediately. But then you think to the 2025 draft to think, listen, you have three mid-round additional picks that could be coming in. That's how you can kind of rebuild and get that depth. Because I think when it does come to free agency this year, it is going to look like last year. And listen, Taylor Rapp, Trent Sherfield, David Edwards, um, you know, these guys signing like one year, $1.7 million deals, Damian Harris, like, you know, granted he had the injuries, but you know, it's players like that, that yes, they were contributors for the bills. And that's what I think when it comes to free agency, that's what you're going to see a lot of. And if there's guys that can kind of contribute the way those did, that helps you with some depth guys that can contribute on special teams and maybe do something for you. You And we got a lot of time before we get to that, but that's where I'm setting my expectations for free agency this year. And honestly, looking forward to getting those comp picks in
2: 2025. Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking more about the draft. The Bills are going to invest in the defensive line via the draft this year. They didn't draft anyone last year on the defensive yeah. line. That is not going to be the case this year. Like I said, a lot of guys uh, are going to walk. A lot of guys, there were a ton of one year deals, and they're going to lose either Jones or Epinesa. They might lose both of them. You know, we, yeah. we don't know, but, um, yeah, they're going to have a lot of, a lot of bodies to fill there. One last item here. Now I'm gonna let you go Stefan Diggs. All right. So last year, you know, all the chatter, it was, it was really annoying to follow the national media chiming in and stuff like that. Him not showing up to one day, mandatory minicamp, the trade rumors. We all knew he wasn't going nowhere. That contract made it impossible last year to trade him this year. Already off to an, an annoying start. And I'm going to say this. You know, you sit there and blast the media and blast the fans, not you, us. We all do. For a lot of the created drama with Stephon Diggs, he ain't making it any easier. You know, the way he says some things, like even during Super Bowl week, doesn't sound like a guy who's confident he's going to be back in Buffalo. He doesn't come right on. I know he said it before, and and I get it. But, you know, you could say things just a little bit differently. Like Josh Allen this week. Talked about Stefan being his brother and he wants him here, wants him win a Super Bowl, you know, this and that. Stefan just does, you know, make it easier. And I'm going to say this. I'm still not, I'm certainly not confident that the Bills are going to move on from him this offseason. It would be hard because of his contract, but it can be done. It can be done. I'm not, last year, I would have said there's less than a 1% chance that Stefan Diggs is not a Buffalo Bill going into 2023. I'm not going to say the same thing this time around. I think there's, a small chance that he could be somewhere else. I think there might be something to all the shit that we're going to hear over the next week, handful of weeks and months. Maybe you'd completely disagree.
1: Completely disagree. Zero percent <laughs> chance. There's zero percent chance based on his contract. I feel that there's a zero percent chance based on that. Uh, I'll I'll add to that feeling. Um, I thought his interviews and what he did with Kay Adams, uh, I thought cleared that up. I mean, he is certainly annoyed Whenever he is asked, like, "What's your future in Buffalo?" It's like, sure, I cleared this up last July when I came out and talked about my relationship with the team and hoping to retire a bill. And Josh Allen is my brother, and this and that. Like, it's kind of like, what more do you want me to to say? And but everyone keeps asking him. And it, to your point, can he answer the questions uh, differently and maybe a little better with uh, Cameron Wolf? A oh, thousand percent. None of that is lost on me. But then when he did this stuff with Kay, it was almost like, okay, like let me just kind of like clear this up and do it in the way that Stefan Diggs does. And you say this too. It's like, listen, if you want a um, marquee wide receiver on your team, this comes with the territory. Yeah. Like, it is. You can look across the league at the marquee wide receivers that are out there, and there is always something going on with these guys, whether it's a contract piece, whether it's an unhappiness with target, whether it's a, you know, they talk about the diva mentality, heck, even this morning, Brandon Ayuk in uh, the 49ers, you're going to be back. And he's like, well, if it's the right move, his brother posting stuff on Instagram, you think of stuff around Odell Beckham in the past and all this, like, listen, you want one of these wide receivers, you got to be willing to accept that there's going to be a little bit of this ambiguity that comes with, with some of it. And yeah, even if Stefan Diggs had like no guaranteed money on his contract, I would still want him back in Buffalo next year.
2: Yeah. And look, I'm not saying that there's a good chance he's gone. And last year I said zero to 1%. I'm going to say 10 to 15% at most this time, uh, this off season, that's going to do it for today. I'll tell you what, next week we will start to get, I'm going to wipe, you know, the slate clean and get in a better mood, not give a shit about what the chiefs win in the super bowl or what the bills fell short on because the season's over and done with we'll start to look forward to to the off season next time we get together we'll start talking about what the bills may do some moves with the cap maybe a couple surprise cuts if there are going to be any we'll talk about that start talking about some free agents we're going to get in the mock draft season Pretty soon. I know that's one of your favorite times of the year, even though there will not be any running backs for you to uh to pick in the first round this year, unfortunately. James Cook. <laughs> but an end to that. But make sure you follow him on Twitter. Check him out on Buffalo Rumlings. Good to talk to you again, man. Like I said, it's been a been a couple of weeks. Oh, and, and we'll get back into our finish the sentence segment next week, too. I always like doing that with you, man. Let's do it. I'm looking forward to it, man. All right, guys. I'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow. Fan Friday here. I'm talking Buffalo.